So, uh, you know, we had a little issue last week uh, with Di. He's facing some serious, I don't know, the, the Florida laws, apparently um, they run, there's like panhandle laws and then there's like Miami laws. There's the, the keys, which there's like, we got this, we'll take care of it. We're not even going to discuss what it is. But yeah, Panhandle Laws. And so uh, I'm not joined this week by our, our dear friend, Die the Most Likes. Uh, he's caught up with some um, like local uh, magistrate. They've got constables and magistrates and God knows what else in the Panhandle. But he'll be out for the next week or two. Um, uh, this week I'm riding solo. Doesn't mean I'm not going to pick up hitchhikers, but I'm doing it my way. Uh, I'm just going to have people that I want on. So um, next week I'm going to have a co-host and we're going to have an, another artist and we'll get back to the normal. But one thing I do want to mix into this pod, um, I wanted to hear from, from collectors in the space. And I thought a good way to start that off was to bring, he's a collector of mine, um, but the nice thing about uh, Crouton, who I'll be introducing as today's hitchhiker, is um, that he's he's actually he was um, an art collector before NFTs, which makes him like the the rare uh, beast in this whole menagerie here. Because of course, as we know, most people in the NFT space found out about art because of NFTs. <laughs> Am I wrong in saying that, Crouton? Thank you. I don't think so. For being I don't think so. And so, you know, I like the fact that the, the Crouton here um, knew what he was doing in an art sense uh, long before the, the, uh, the advent of the NFT. And so what I want to talk about is, is maybe ways that you feel that we could go or that we should go in, in this NFT space, um, having, having, you know, comparing that and having seen the way that it's played out against the, the traditional uh, uh, art market, and in particular, an art market, and, and uh, without stepping on any toes here for you, but, but sort of a, a more traditionally liquid uh, secondary art market that you've been a part of, right? Something where you, know, you have some volumes and you've got some, some moves that have made it where you do have collectors in this sort of art, but you also have uh, speculators and flippers and the whole bit, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Is that a good characterization of, of the situation or not? I think that's pretty fair. I, I can't I can't put up too much of a fight with that. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm wildly distracted. I'm not going to get into it as to what I'm looking at over your shoulder. Um, but talk about, you know, given that we're going to be talking about real art, look at you showing off a little bit of uh, a little traditional art clout over your shoulder there. Wow. You're familiar with that. I am familiar with that. That's a hell of a piece. Look at you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm a big um, fan. Yes, you are a big fan. <laughs> so, big fan uh, of the projector. Um, without playing the whole game of like, give me background. I don't give a fuck about your background. You know that. But um, at what point when you came into NFTs, did you realize that you were dealing with people who had, were not necessarily as aware of the markets that you had seen before? It's a good question. Um, I, think, I think there's different pockets of the NFT universe. And I think maybe it's, it's easier to kind of break those down separately. I think you've got 
you know, some that consider themselves to be a little bit more sophisticated, you know, on the art blocks side of things. And then, you know, there's, there's a range of outcomes in between that. So I, I'm not sure it's, it's, you know, all one or the other, but there's definitely different, different segments. And I'd say there's different levels of sophistication among those. I don't know how you feel about that. No, I do. I mean, I'll tell you, I certainly feel that there are people who take themselves more seriously. I definitely uh, agree with that. <laughs> and I would agree that the art blocks crowd certainly um, <laughs> thinks that their turtlenecks are cooler than the others. Um, but you do have some people, I, and I, I'm every once in a while surprised when I do stumble into a, a little pocket or a little cluster of collectors who kind of do know what's going on beyond the obvious, beyond the NFT realm, right? Um, I know I know quite a few of my uh, sort of top end collectors do um, have that same pedigree and, and understand those things and, and were early to art blocks and were early to some of, of the artists that, that I think um, have more reason to have a following than others, right? And I think we, we see that, right? And so I know they're out there and, and I've, it's why I wanted to have this conversation because I think as, as, as an artist in this space, particularly in the Tez space, right? Which I don't know if you know this, but I'm known for Tez. Uh, but there's a lot of, of people who, who really did, can't even fathom that you do have connoisseurs and and people who are going to think through their their purchases and understand what it is they're doing and maybe what an artist is trying to accomplish by even being around and, and all of that um you get you get the sense sometimes especially if you fall back into nft twitter that it's such a chaotic you know deluge of people who really don't care or or put effort into the art that you, you can easily say, somebody who comes in could easily go, oh, nobody here knows anything or cares. Yeah, I, th I think a lot of people like to treat, you know, trading art as if it's, you know, day trading. And you can certainly do that. You definitely can do it, certainly in a digital sense, a lot easier than you can taking possession of a physical piece and then mailing it across the world. It's a lot easier to do digitally than it is physically. And I think that probably contributes a bit to why people treat it like uh, day trading. I don't know. Um, I'm not sure that's the right approach or perspective to have on it. And I'm not sure it's I mean, I think in a big sense. I think it, it's one of the issues that we got ourselves into early on with this is that you had you had some people, and I, you know, for for longest time, I've referred to them just as like the sneaker crowd, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but simply people who were were adept at, at, at you know an arbitrage play against the digital asset of a whether it was physical or not, but some sort of you know uh, territorial claim on a digital moment and being able to turn that into additional money in a short amount of time. And if not, then moving on, but doing it in a volume that allowed them to do that, right? And I think that's that's what our early Nifty Gateway explosion came out of that sort of mindset. You were early to, to Nifty, if I recall, right? Um, obviously, you weren't coming at it from the sneaker side. When you came at it and you did you, how much of your early approach was, okay, I know how these markets work. I recognize some of these names, others I don't. I mean, how, tell me, tell me about that. Like, what was that like at the beginning for you? 
I was, I was, I wouldn't say I was super early to Nifty. I was definitely coming to it, certainly before it became not worth coming to, that's for sure. Um, I think initially I was pretty blown away at a lot of the stuff that I was seeing. Certainly not suggesting that in order for an artist to be legitimate, they have to be from the physical world. Certainly not suggesting that. But, you know, seeing artists that really don't have much of a, a background or a catalog, uh, not a tremendous amount of success or followers. And looks like they were doing a lot of the same stuff everyone else was doing. And we'd have five minute open editions, which would sell you know, hundreds or thousands of them. And as soon as that window would close, there would be people buying it well in excess of the price that it was selling for during the open edition window. And I remember just being absolutely blown away at how that could exist, how it could per possibly persist. And I, I guess it's not terribly surprising to you or me that that, that didn't actually keep working. It was, it was fun while it lasted for those involved. Yeah. But no, it, it didn't, I don't think it, it, it we, we, you know, it was something, and I've told my story, but then when I, when I came in and I saw that, I said, oh goodness, aren't we, aren't we putting ourselves in danger here? <laughs> yeah, I, that, that made me stand up and take note. And I'll to be honest, I think seeing the, the proliferation and explosion of volume that was taking place on Nifty Gateway was probably my first tell that really no one knew what the hell they were doing. Because I don't, I've never ever seen an open edition, you know, open for five minutes, close, and then minutes later, people are paying triple or, or 4X. That's not how open editions work in the traditional or physical art world uh, at all. It's just not, a, not even a little bit how that works. And seeing people making speculative plays on open editions, I don't have any familiarity with that from my time in the physical art world. So seeing that was very eye-opening. And you know, seeing the, the trading volume around it that led me to believe that these were not art collectors. This is not about the art. People are just day trading and they're making money and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that, but let's not masquerade and pretend that it is art collecting. It's just not. So, so here's a question for you. When you see that, how do you not run for the hills? Well, initially I avoided it like the plague. I was like, how can we possibly have open editions? You know, how does this work? How can this possibly work? Who's going to be stuck holding the bag? And that, that didn't work out so great for me for a while. I sit there. <laughs> missed it all. <laughs> yeah, I missed a lot of it. I was like, this makes absolutely no sense. And it didn't because it doesn't. And But it did work for a time. And thankfully, I had some success. Um, but, you know, like all of us, it's hard to hard to know when to walk away. So you know, I can't say that I batted a thousand over there. But, uh, you know, what can you do? Okay. So, so, but, so you got the hang of it. You watched in with with absolute uh, skepticism like oh, this is, there's no yeah. way this works correct you watched and then you stepped in and then you're like okay well obviously it does it's pretty it, it goes against everything that it should right and then and then you and then you like started missing and then you're done at that point what is what is it about the the appeal of nft that kept you around I mean, I I love art. I mean, I gotta I gotta imagine. Are we talking April of twenty one, May of twenty one? When well, did before you before that? Before that, right? when, when, yeah. but I'm saying, when were you like, okay, I now now you're gonna lose more often than you win. Now I'm I'm out. I mean, you know, in terms of uh, like Crutana, 
We always had a crouton appearance. And she, was, uh, she, she likes it when I'm quiet in the office. She prefers silence. So. We will have people listening who are not grotto people uh, by collector bait, right? This is, but, but crouton is named after his cat. That's right. You're, that is correct. Yes. Yeah. So, so there is a real life crouton in the room with with uh, online croutons very meta right now. <laughs> yeah. So she she needed to she had other things to go to, but uh, in terms of you know why did I stick around and why did I continue to stick around? I, I believe in digital art. Period. I'm a big collector of physical art and believe its value and merit and substance to it. So to me, the extension of what is digital art. It's not very hard for me to wrap my head around in ways that maybe it is more difficult for others to who haven't been collecting art before this. I think coming to NFTs, it might be difficult for me to think, well, I could just right click save that in a way that never really was a problem for me, understanding the difference between owning a physical piece or uh, a lithograph of something that's well known and family. I could, I could have a lithograph of Mona Lisa, it certainly isn't the Mona Lisa. They're very different. And that isn't hard for me to understand in ways that maybe is a bit foreign and difficult for someone who is new to the space to get. And, and so, so you, you had hopes, it sounds like. You, 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 you saw where this, where this could go, mm-hmm. okay? Yeah, I think that's safe to say. Um, and I don't wanna put words in your mouth here, but how'd that turn out for you? I mean, how do you feel things have gone in those two years? That's, that's an interesting question. Um, I guess I don't see, from my perspective, I don't see a whole lot that excites me, personally. Your project, obviously, is my predominant focus at this point, really the only one. Thankfully, I was early to the space and had accumulated wins from other stuff and have been at the right place at the right time for other things. But I don't really collect art blocks. I don't collect Apex hash. It doesn't do much for me personally. That isn't to diminish it in, in the light and in, in eyes of other people. But to me, and perhaps I need to learn more about generative art. Not that I don't understand what it is, but I guess to me, it leads to a discussion about what art is and why it exists and what it attempts to communicate or convey. And for me, generative art doesn't do a whole lot of that. But again, that's just my perspective. Well, and so, so am I to understand that you, are you saying that, well, the generative art stuff maybe have some, might have some legs and maybe going into a direction that you can see a future? What, okay, what about everything else? I mean, I'm not even talking about the PFP world or, or the collectible world or anything like that, but in, in an art sense, in these two years, two, two years plus, do you have any hope for it? I mean, do you see it? What's what's the move as far as, as you as a collector, right? That's a good question. I mean, I do, at the end of the day, absolutely believe in digital art as an important medium. And I do believe it will stand up over time. I do also believe that 99% of everything that's minted is absolutely worthless. I'll make absolutely no mistakes about that. I firmly believe that. Um, that's not an indictment of the art itself, just simply, a fact of what exists in the real art world is that most of it is pretty worthless. That's just an absolute fact. And if right. you know, if you don't understand that, then right. I mean, even don't if have you your eyes open. Right. Even if you're 
you know, from a decorative standpoint, buying a piece at a gallery in Savannah, Georgia, mm -hmm. and helping that artist and that gallery maintain and whatever. At the end of the day, you're walking out with a decorative. You better piece. love it. I hope right. you love it because exactly. you know you you bought it and not and you and I both know that art's complete value is certainly not just a financial one. You know, it has the ability. Gosh, I mean, that, that's an interesting conversation. We got to have a conversation about what art is to you and what it is to me. And you know, I mean, to me, it's a big question. I'll, I'll try and answer it, and then I'll be curious to hear what you say. Um, I mean, it can take a lot of forms, right? I think art in general. It could be something as easy and linear as a painting or a sculpture. We all agree that's art, that's pretty simple. But beyond that, it can take tons of other forms of expression. What about music, film, creative writing, dance, technology, ideas, and even concepts to me. I think all of those things are art and they can be. And it could even be something as simple as something sitting on your desk, whether it's a pen or a lamp. I think really art can be virtually anything. and I don't know. How, how do you feel about that? Well, I'm, I, I'm going to agree with it, uh, except I'll, I'll step in and say that all of those things are only true if there's an intent from the beginning of them. I, I, I won't sit there and, and, and take on the idea that the design of a pen is art if it was simply uh, the result of, of you know, the need for a writing instrument to fit into someone's hand. Um, that's, that's design. Okay. I, I won't say that. For, form follows function. I agree. Right. I wouldn't argue with you there, but I'm saying that something I, like a pen could be art. It certainly. Oh, I certainly, I certainly agree. I think someone can, can have, you know, make the, you know, the, the, have the intent and make the effort and, and move themselves towards creating art through their production of a pen. hundred percent. And I and and some of my favorite things in, in, in materially are elements of of life that somebody decided to put artistic intent behind, right? Hundred percent. And I, you know, I I I think you know you can um, have some artistry in the way that you even play your sport or your game, or I you know I think that that, that an artist is a very broad range absolutely okay but for me okay and this is where even i find myself struggling with with in the nft space here at what is really art okay um for me that intent and the level of, of it the 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 amount of effort and thought and process and evolution of the idea and from beginning to end to beyond okay that whole thing i expect a lot from an artist in order for me to acknowledge it as art just because you can make a painting okay doesn't necessarily mean that you're producing art now not saying that you have to have the utmost of skill or talent or or, or wherewithal but you can't tell me that somebody cranking out um, in a in a factory for a hotel room decorative art is an artist. I agree. I think that's more manufacturing and assembly line and production than yeah. Is there a reason for it to exist? And I'd say that you know nine out of ten hotel lobbies that I've been in, that's just stuff taking up 
space on a wall because we needed to put a thing there. Right. That's fine. Exactly. And that, there's nothing wrong with that. But there's I agree. Wrong with it. Let's not right. characterize it as art. And, 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 and as a result, it very rarely makes you feel something. It very rarely um, inspires uh, thought or contemplation or interaction or what have you. Right. And that's I just the nature of it. And um, now this is this now opens the door, okay, to the fact that there's a lot of art which doesn't do any of those things either, but somebody had the intent to do it, okay? In which case, yes, it's definitely art. It's just bad art. That's fair. I mean, I agree with you that if there's intent and there is something they're attempting to communicate or convey or express that it's art. And, uh -huh. you know, we all have different experiences and, and things in our lives that have shaped us and formed our opinions. So, you know, objectively, I'm not sure that art can be good or bad. I don't know if you agree with that because I have different experiences and things that have shaped me than the artist. And maybe that's culturally or age or time or any number of things. So, you know, and what it means and conveys to them, maybe I'm just missing it. And I think that's what I was trying to say earlier that when I spoke about me having a bit of a hard time with generative art, I'm not suggesting that it doesn't have value and substance and merit, but to me, I guess I'm not sure what the artist is attempting to communicate or how it is advancing a narrative or an emotion or a feeling. This is a very probably oversimplification and I, I would really welcome a discussion on this from someone who's more educated, but to me, it just feels like we're playing with algorithms and we're getting really cool looking outputs and it's uh, could be a building or a skyscraper again, or uh field with some flowers and visually they look pretty neat. I'm going to grant you that, but I'm not sure what's being communicated or advanced. I'm not sure if it's different. And this, this is, a, I do acknowledge that some, some of these people are doing things with code that is actually innovative and different from that perspective. So I'm not painting with a broad brush, but most of what I see looks pretty similar visually. I'm not an expert in code, so I can't speak to perhaps some artistry going on there. But from my perspective, a lot of it is just the same thing regurgitated. Well, so, okay, two things. One, and we, just to touch on this, that, that the, the idea of, of, of bad art and good art, um, I think it's, it's a very valid uh, uh, statement that should be punctuated with for me, to oh, me. Absolutely, absolutely. And I'm at, and, and 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 that's that. And so I'm at a point in my life where a I'm old enough to not have to say that every time, and b where I have a podcast and I'm a relatively successful artist. And so I'm actually when I speak as these things, I'm speaking in some sort of of position, and therefore just assume that everything that I'm saying is for me to me, right? Of course, I, I don't yeah. want to minimize, suggest you no, weren't no, 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 absolutely not, absolutely not. And I'm not, that isn't like, the, I'm not, this isn't a defensive thing. I'm, what I'm getting at there, right? Is um, because I do believe, and I've found some things very moving and very, very important to me because I brought whatever emotion to the situation to view it and it, it goes a different direction, right? Um, that, that probably had nothing to do with the intent of the artist, okay? Which is, that's, that's part of the fun, it's part of the excitement, it's part of the inspiration of just living in a world where art exists is that we, it's, there's two sides to it, okay? Absolutely. So look, we joke all the time in the grotto about dope as fuck, sick as fuck art. 
Okay. Um, and this is where I want to go back into this is this, I, I do feel we have, we live in this space now, this NFT space, you spend a lot of your time in it. I spend all of my time in it um, where, because it's so new to so many people that the, the, the knee jerk reaction of that's fucking cool is the first time that they've thought through those things other than just the, the visual and cool appeal of something that looks sick as fuck that they've seen over which is mainly design. Yeah, lot, I, yeah. I, I agree with that. Right. We see, we see a lot of people, you know, attempt to mimic or copy people who have been successful. You know, we, I mean, gosh, certainly on the test side of things, it feels like every fourth mint is an X copy sort of looking thing. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's certainly not an X copy, but it looks like it and it has a skull on it probably. And, you know, I mean, I think it's great. You know, I would never ever diminish the success of an artist who's able to make a career, make a living for themselves doing that kind of stuff. That's great. I, I certainly am not minimizing Any, that. Or speaking down to anything that gives an artist uh, any sort of income is a good situation. Absolutely. I mean, just flat I, out. I a fundamentally, world, a world where artists can't get paid is not a good world, right? Agreed. So I'm all for it, but I I, I certainly am not going to be too terribly moved by you know, the, the day's 17th X copy looking men as I see it come across. You know, right. No, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I mean, you're, you're in a sense, you're moved to that that notion that wow is this the best we can do is just to continually try to evoke that that moment okay which then maybe does make x copy that much more important every time that happens right yeah perhaps i mean perhaps. yeah i mean perhaps. at least at least it becomes a part of the conversation sure. um, if you're looking at it as what's really going on here right at least you can say okay well you have a lot of output that really is low effort or unrefined effort or immature effort or whatever you may criticize it as. Okay. Um, I think that becomes really important and necessary. I spoke to this a couple pods ago, right? Where I feel like we're lacking criticism in this space that is very heavily heaped on people in the traditional art world. Okay. It, it's okay to tell people your arts is bad in in you know outside of this yeah. the nft world is really hard to say that it is i i think actually i really sympathize for i mean i'm not i'm not a name i'm not anybody i'm just a collector no one cares what i think anyway but i actually do sympathize i agree with you that i think artists in this space you know, the wag me culture you know we've everyone's gonna make it and you know man that's that's incredible and i support you unconditionally Certainly, those are good notions. I'm not sure that just no one ever hearing any criticism or questioning what the artistic integrity or intent is, I'm not sure that helps anyone. I think constructive criticism in all forms and in life, whether it's you know, your job or you know, athletically, artistically, in your personal relationships, you know, we all have room for improvement and we can do better. And I'm certainly striving to do better every day. And I know you are. And I imagine other people are. You know, most others are in life too. So I'm not sure we actually do each other uh, a service. I don't, by I, don't, I don't think it's I don't think it's a service. I think at the end of the day, it it, it sort of retards growth and mm -hmm. and puts us on the wrong course. 
I think, you know, and, and some, some of this comes from being, you know, I'm, I'm a, a different cat as far as an artist goes in that it, how I've come to, to be, be an artist and what I've done in the past and approaches that I've had, right. Um, having, you know, been a competitive athlete at a high level, um, gives you a different approach to feedback and, uh, hard facts of talent and skill, right. Um, that, that I, I think most people in the world don't really get a chance to, to have, right. Yeah. There's some Um, humbling moments there, right. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They come, they come often, (laughs) you know, and especially in a sport where that I come from, where you fail 70% of the time and you're one of the greats. Right. Right. You'd be, Um, you'd be incredible. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now I do feel, and this is, you know, it's in a sense, I I see it playing out similarly in NFT land. Okay. But I feel that like youth sports in uh, the last three or four decades have really come to celebrate mediocrity and feed a bullshit idea to many people that they have a long-term chance at things that they don't because it drives an economy that uh, a mega economy that subsides on the fact that yes, at the end of the day, you only have so many great athletes, but you're going to charge many, many thousands of times that number to the people who have delusions of being great athletes. Of course, and inclusion is always great, but yeah, there's, there's, there's some honesty that could, you know, there, <laughs> we could deal with a little bit of some honesty really? there too. I don't think and that so would- I, I feel that, that the NFT world in the, the couple of years that I've been watching it closely uh, reminds me of, of, you know, American youth soccer in the last 30 to 40 years here of telling everybody that they should be playing soccer and it's so easy and it's so good for everyone. Uh, and everybody gets to play for a very long time. And only at the very end do they come to realize that they were never any good at soccer and didn't even like soccer or care about it. Right. And then yeah. take soccer out of the equation, throw basketball yeah. and throw baseball, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but it's this idea. And, and meanwhile, the reason is because youth sports have become this juggernaut, this, this whole economy that, that drives huge swaths of, of discretionary spending. Right. Now we have NFTs where everybody can be an artist and show their work to everybody in the world. And it's very simple and we're all great and everybody should do this. And it's really wonderful. And you, that's a really good painting of a scorpion. And that's another really good painting of a scorpion. And that's sick as fuck, bro. Keep doing it. Keep up the good work. We are all going to make it and we're all going to be supportive and we're all never going to say a bad word. I think maybe a lot of those people who are just setting themselves up for disappointment down the road and a commitment to a life that maybe they can't afford to commit to with the delusion that they are going to make enough money to leave behind their former life or whatever, okay? A lot of that would be better served by people saying, no, I don't think that's sick as fuck, bro. I mean, am I, how, how far off am I to that? And because and, I, you know, these are the sorts of things where I know when, if anybody outside of my circle hears me talking about this on this podcast, they're going to think that I'm an asshole who is, hell-bent on excluding 
people from the space? No, of course not. Like, I mean, I think actually you asked about my, my background in physical art. And so what initially drew me in, in the physical art world was, was street art, things like that. And I think one of the notions and themes that I really liked about that was the democratization of art and the ability to put art outside, not in a gallery, not in a museum, to, gosh, I certainly don't want to say dumb it down or water it down, but I think a lot of people are going to have a hard time looking at a Jackson Pollock and seeing and understanding what is going on there, because it requires a little bit of time and patience and studying. You can't just necessarily look at that and say, no, I got it, or some sort of expressionist or abstract painting. I think a lot of people struggle understanding what that is, and that's wholly fair. So I guess where I'm trying to go with this is the, the democratization of you know, street art and NFTs, the, we're led to believe there's this lack of gatekeeping and a lack of curation anyone can mint. And that's, that is a good thing in the same way that, and I'm certainly not talking about graffiti to be clear, no, just nonsense scribbled on the side of walls is just vandalism. That isn't art and it, <laughs> that, that isn't I'm, I'm glad that you're staying true to character there. Uh, you fine, upstanding young boy. Um, <laughs> but you know, did, did you see Kruton the? the wants to make sure that the Kruton wants to make sure that that we are not uh, getting any of the hoodlums to riled up to think that they can defile his gated community. The, of course, can't have that. We can't have that. But but you know, I, I think in a lot of ways, I think I saw a bit of a corollary with street art and digital art in that you don't need to be represented by a gallery to mint NFTs. And I think there is a lot of beauty and merit in that. And you know, you I know you agree, I'm certainly not. Million percent. That's great. And we love that. I think you and I both, you know, we haven't even directly had this conversation before, but that element is fantastic. Is everything great? No, I don't think we can say that. And I do think that you know, long-term, a lot of these people are in for a rude awakening and I don't relish that. I just call it like I see it. So, well, and so I, I, I agree. I, I think that, that, that in some regards applauding them as they, as the lemmings charge off the cliff is not necessarily, you don't root on the lemmings. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't buy someone, you know, seven or eight beers and then encourage them to drive home. You know, I'm not sure that's, yeah. I'm not sure that's being a good friend. So, um, but so for me, I, this, it's funny because this is, this is one of these things where Tezos factors in. For the longest time, ETH made it a little expensive to get in there. There was like this barrier of entry we heard about, right? Um, it turned out that you were able to generate such large returns that you, as long as you could drum up that little bit of entry level, you were fine. But if you weren't, there's something called Tesos, right? Or whatever, whatever L2 chain, yeah. and you go, you do it on the cheap. And um, I think, you know, when people talk about the early days of, of Tez and Hickek Nuke and, and all of that, and they have this nostalgia for those moments where it was just about the art man and everything, they're talking about a very small window. It's like two months, March to, to May uh, tops, right? Where that was sort of happening before the speculators started coming in. Um, funny thing is you don't have a, 
it's hard to have a sustainable art practice and be paid at the amount that, you know, people wanted to be paid and saw this stuff without the speculators. Speculators are, are who drive those market prices to make any of that even possible, right? But but I felt for the longest time that that something like Tez and something like an hey everybody come and meet your stuff, okay, that the right approach was not to lure the rubes into thinking that they were going to become the next fuck render or ferocious. They were not going to become millionaires. What it should have been is here's this marketplace where you can sell your art to people who want to buy your art end of story it's the i thought that that whether it's object or or tea or any of the marketplaces the, the the aggregators okay it's hard to even call them a marketplace right but these places should just be the etsy of nfts yeah i agree with that i mean i think creating for you know the sake of expression or to communicate or convey something sure but you know, I'm not sure that you should expect to launch a decades-long yeah, art career this way, no, right? No, and 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 if you if, if you know, there are people who make a good living on Etsy and mm -hmm. and produce and, and sell their art to people who collect it and want it, yeah. and they make a living. And nobody in that process has any convoluted idea that they're going to buy that thing to sell it for more money. Minutes yeah, later, absolutely. hours later, years later. No, they bought it because they liked it and they wanted it for their house. And that's great. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I don't think that, you know, this, yeah, yeah, I agree. That not everything is to flip. There is not speculation necessarily involved. Right. And and unfortunately, we haven't had that delineation. And I really believe hardcore that there should be some of that. I mean, and here's somebody talking that, Again, talk about being from a weird place, not only coming from the competitive sports background, okay, but I also have the market dynamics background to understand. And that's why my work, and we can't pretend that it's not, right? But my work is worth many factors more than what I've sold it for across the board. There is a market, there are speculators there, there are people coming in to buy simply to sell. Um, well, and I think what so fundamentally makes your project different than everything else that I see in the space, and this will be an interesting kind of you know, segue into it, but there's a reason for everything that you make to exist on a number of levels. And I think that element is really glossed over and neglected from a lot of other creators. And we're seeing that yeah. in the open edition manifold you know, era that we've entered is that there's actually not a purpose for the thing that they've created, other than to take your ETH. That's only gonna really end one way. And if you would like a refresher or you'd like to fast forward to the end, I encourage you to go check out niftygateway.com. <laughs> it's, it's funny, but it's true. Um, yeah, it's we're, we're, we're sort of back there again. We've just repackaged it. We've just renamed some of the things. We've added, uh, a new and improved uh, strip across the top. Yep. Okay. We've now added burnable. now burnable. There's a sticker right. on each one now that says now burnable. Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, but it's the exact, it's the same song and dance. Yeah. We've seen this movie. We saw yeah. this movie not that long ago. I remember how this one ends. And I think I know how this one's going to end too. 
Right. And, and so again, I mean, whether you're at the, the lower tier in which God bless, make art, get somebody to give you a dollar, $10, a hundred dollars, a thousand dollars for it, whatever they'll give you for your work. And, and, and first of all, you're selling digital copies of it. So you're doing all right. You're doing great. Okay. Um, you're, I mean, I think, I think many of these artists don't even understand conceptually what they're selling as they do it. Uh, they just understand that that's what they need to do. And it's a great tool to monetize things that hadn't been monetizable before. Okay. Uh, I think to Wombat, right? Last week's guest and, and uh, Grotto Fave all the time. She's been producing digital work forever. A very long time, and it used to take uh, an extreme amount of hardware and work to show the work to then get somebody to conceptually understand why they should give her the money for it, uh, which made sales few and far between, um, certainly at much larger prices than she commands now in volume, right? Um, but somebody like that, this is perfect it's and this is i think why what got you excited about nfts originally right was that idea that this is a way digital art should be celebrated and recognized and and transactable absolutely this allows it to happen okay and she's a great example because she's great extremely example. extremely talented has been doing this for a long time and yeah this is a that that's a perfect example of someone who didn't come here because they could this right. is where she she existed here before you know, NFT, the advent of NFTs, she's going to be here when well, people right. forget about them because yep. she's actually doing something special there and that should be applauded and celebrated and she's a phenomenal example. I agree. Yeah, exactly. And that's what this is built for, right? Sure. Um, in that regard, okay? It's something where that's going to make some sense. For the most part, for every wombat, there are 10,000 pretenders, that are not here for those reasons and are not able to do those things are not doing it. And I don't think that they understand that truly what they're selling is a conceptual piece. By selling the NFT and getting somebody to give you the money, both parties are understanding conceptually that this transaction is going to represent the transfer of my, my art to you. And you're going to hold it in some shape or form Kind of to be determined, right? Yeah, I'm right. It's it's a, a digital asset in a digital wallet, you know. And yet, this, yeah, even it, there, the true asset has zero to do with the art. Even even if we're talking ordinals and we're talking on chain stuff and we're talking all of these, it's still just an approximation of what you're doing. This is very much conceptual art. Nobody treats it that way. It's very rare that somebody treats it that way. Um, but Take that out of the equation and go back down to, you've got Etsy, good. Come in to make your money and do that and run through it. God bless. Absolutely fucking great. It makes it very simple and you can do it. And you, you got to put a little work into convincing people to understand that conceptual part of it, but do it. Run with that. But take them out of the equation and now go back to the, the blue chips and the high dollar stuff and the, that crew from Nifty Gateway originally and all of that elk that came out of it. And I don't see any of them truly meriting any of these 
these volumes. Well, I, I agree. Mean, I think, yeah. Uh, a question it's, it's I ask. Statement for, it's, it's I mean, look, I've made enough money at this that I'm not, this is not a, a hating on it. Okay. I, this is not. I do perfectly fine. Right. Okay. Um, but this is just saying I don't, I don't agree with, with the valuations. I agree. I mean, I think a question that I ask myself oftentimes, whether I'm collecting physical or digital art, is, is this going to matter in one year? Is this going to matter in three years? Is this going to matter in five, 10, 15 years? And, you know, if you want to day trade PFPs, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But we're not collecting art. And I'm not sure long term how many of those things have value or merit or substance. And I could perhaps be proven wrong. And, and certainly there will be exceptions. I'm not suggesting everything is worthless at all. But yeah, I, I'm not sure that a lot of the stuff that I see has relevance or significance. I, I, it's hard for me to imagine what what is what is FX hash or a typical, I don't want to say a curated art blocks drop because I do believe the curation element matters there. That is a stamp of approval that right or wrong does carry weight in this space. But you know, the random art blocks project or FX hash drop that pops daily, and we're just going to keep doing this for years and years and years. What are we doing? I, I have a hard time understanding how that can continue at this pace and how we can recognize them as culturally or, or artistically significant. I, I, I'm with you. Make it more. I, I, I'm with you. And it, for me, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm not even going to take it, take it to the, the generative side. But I, I just feel that there's a lot of work that is, is just continuously produced because it can be capitalized upon that I genuinely feel I can step in and say, and, and then what? No doubt. Me, no doubt. Tell me more. What? Why? Walk me through the, your reasoning here. Explain to me where you're going and why. And I challenge them to not tell me well, if they're going to be truthful, first of all, right? But if, you, if you're truthful, how is the answer for 99.999% of you not to have the money? Right. Well, I think it goes back to the, what is the reason for it to exist? And if the answer is just to collect dollars in the form of Ethereum or Tez or yeah. Solana or whatever, I just, I have a hard time wrapping my head around how that's going to be significant or worth anything, literally anything on, on most of this stuff in, in several years time. There's, I'm not sure there's a narrative being advanced or there's a reason for it exist, to exist. And I think that's what I love so much about your project is that all of it exists for a reason. There's a narrative that's being advanced. There are a lot of, inter, there are a lot of interesting things that are happening there from a conceptual, uh, mechanical, or, and obviously artistic perspective that convinces me that it absolutely is real. It is substantial. Well, I mean, first of all, I think that's very, very nice of you to acknowledge. Um, and it's, it's, it's true, you're, you're right. Am I the one who's wrong to demand that of my peers? That's a good question. Um, no, 
but it certainly doesn't fit into the Wagme culture. <laughs> so, no, no, it doesn't. No, and that's the thing. Right. Where I don't think I don't think it's unfair. It's certainly not a popular opinion, and it's not one you can go broadcasting across Twitter and expect to be celebrated or viewed as anything other than a hater, which is a simplification of. Uh, I'm not sure that's really what it is. That's fair. I don't think that's fair, but that is unfortunately the NFT Twitter that. Oh no, it's, that's very much a thing, you know. And I, I, I haven't necessarily. I'm aware of it, right? So I haven't necessarily heard it. Okay, um, the times that it's sort of been whispered at me were from uh, through the grapevine, through the grapevine, and through collectors who didn't want me talking shit about the people that they had spent money on. Sure. Right now. And this is where it gets a little strange and with my background and just how my understanding of things go, right? I know that not every artist has the market background to understand how, and the just when it comes to, to, to complexities such as pricing and addition size and, and, and drop release time and volume control and all of those things, which are necessary to putting your artwork out there. Um, but understanding the intricacies that I do that allow me to produce the way I do in a way that makes it very probable that I can maintain market value and grow it, right? Sustainable, right? I mean, it's difficult right. to, cre to create an economy. It's very right. difficult. And, exactly. I, and, and, very, and so, yeah, so understanding that they, they don't have the skills that I do and I'm, I have an advantage there, that's fine. That's one thing. Um, but as a result, see, and this is where, for people to, to think that I'm a hater, okay, um, it's laughable to me. And the grotto knows that I've said this, but it's laughable to me to think that uh, I would take in $28 million in primary on a given drop, okay? Because that would be extremely difficult to maintain and grow as a value pretty damn near impossible. And so as the reason that I laugh at that, I, I'm not a hater that, oh, I wish I could drop $28 million. Okay. I don't, I, 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 I'm built differently. Okay. Um, but I'm, because of that, I can look at that and go, you do know you're never going to deliver that value. Yeah. No, I, I think that's, and, and, and that's, and I don't think they know it necessarily because they're young and inexperienced and things. The people around them know it. Um, the people moving them into such a situation know it. And I find that predatory and kind of gross, right? Um, but the problem is this, that I can, I feel I can stand up next to any of them. I'll say, oh, friend, you know, fuck render and I'll say it. I'll be like, dude, what you're doing is wrong to continuously be taking money. You've taken money, which is now worth very little compared to the money you took. Okay, you're running at a major deficit for your collectors. They cannot recoup what they've spent. And they did so under the guise and a guise that you very much pushed their way of speculative profits. You were megaphoning to them get on this shit. My floor is rising. Don't miss this. Floor was 0.1. Now it's 0.2. Now it's 0.5. And if you're yelling that shit, you're stoking. This is a January 6th issue, right? Where you're, if you're saying I'll 
take it down. Let's do this. I back you. Then you're fucking inciting them. Okay. Yeah. And I think that that kind of goes to your point, though, about, you know, there being merit and value in more of an Etsy perspective where if you like the art, you should totally buy it. And if you want to display it digitally or, you know, check it out on your computer, whatever, that's fantastic. But I agree with you that where it gets a little muddy um, and opaque and, and morally questionable for me is, yeah, we don't need well, to, we, we know exactly what we're talking about. There, there, well, there are a handful of names and, you know, there's no intention or ability to deliver or maintain even, you know, any sort of value there. And, and, and so this is, this is where I can stand up and I can be this voice because I'm sorry, but I've done it. Oh, you eat your own cooking, right? I can, yeah. I can point to every one of my collectors and say, you okay? Do you, if you need out, are you, have I, have I destroyed your investment? <laughs> have, have, yeah. have, you know, have I abandoned you to my own devices and my own pleasures here? No. Um, so I do have, a, I've got a leg here to stand on and call people out and, and calling me a hater is kind of ridiculous. Well, it's, it's um, an easy way to dismiss the message you were sending, right? I think that's actually, if I was them, I would call you a hater too, because it's well, easy. Of course. It, it's, it's very easy to dismiss that as, oh, he's, he's jealous. He's a hater. And that is not factual, but it's easy to say. And of course, it, and, and I again, and, the same thing. And, and of course he would, everybody would, I would, I would, if I were them, if I were them, <laughs> first of all, I would take the 28 million and just go away. I would right. not keep taking a half million every couple months. Cause that's like, are you, at some point that's not going to, somebody's going to show up at your fucking house with a crowbar and take your knees out. <laughs> this is, you're getting to a point where somebody will want vengeance. It won't and be a digital. It won't be a digital crowbar either. I mean, it'll be physical. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but I'm just in a different spot, and I'll stand up. You can fucking call me a hater all day. Like, go ahead, because I'm, I actually have two legs to stand on here and be like, I kind of know what I'm talking about, and again, I do so because I want my I want my collectors to be aware. And to be not fall into the lures and not fall into the traps and not be taken advantage of. And I don't want them to lose their money. If they're going to want to play in the space, how about we stay in a space that I've built that is meant to, as long as everybody is, is behaving in everybody's best interest, that we're fine. Yeah. Well, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, so correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, a big part of it too is that you have a, an extremely large vision this project and this narrative that you're advancing and it can't exist and it can't play itself out fully and you can't effectuate it the way you'd like to if you don't play correctly essentially you it's it's a very interesting yeah. marriage in in ways i don't know how, if you feel similarly or distant i, I welcome your your no, that's, that's, a, that's a good question in a sense basically what you're asking i, mean, I don't know, let me let me rephrase this for for simplicity's sake can my project make it through to the end? Okay. Can my project be fully realized if the people involved don't do it right? A little bit. I guess what I'm saying is collectors should feel confident, in my opinion, knowing that 
you continuing to advance the narrative, you know, does rely on your ability to deliver in the intermediate and the short term and the medium term and the long term. For example, let's let's use any example from the manifold OE era, because they all seem to be pretty upside down to me. Let's say that that was how you were doing this all along. After the third or fourth one where everyone gets a tremendous haircut, don't a lot of people just say, I think I'm good. I think I've had enough of that, that yeah, recipe. They should, yeah. Right, and so I think it's interesting in that these artists who are trying this, that's fine, it might work for you once, it might work for you twice, maybe three times depending on your name. But at some point, if you don't deliver value, people will stop showing up to buy the open editions that you know you rely upon in order to advance the narrative. I don't mean you, I'm talking about them now. Right. So what I'm trying to say though, is that your project has such, such a grand vision that will play out over many, many, many years and well beyond that conceptually and very, very real. In my opinion, collectors should acknowledge that and I'm not sure anyone does worry about it, but they're quite well protected, both from you know, a two-year background of everyone has ever won that has ever played your game, as well as the fact that in order for you to continue advancing your narrative and project, that you can't just rug everyone and run away the way that some of these big names have. Yeah, so you were, you were ask, ask, actually asking, could my project, could I get there without delivering, without... Yeah, yes. Well, that's, yes. I mean, I, yeah, so that's just so second nature to me. I just, I didn't even hear that part of the question, right? But yeah, obviously not. Like I, I have such a, I mean, it's, we're a third of the way through the elemental aspect of this project. The introduction. <laughs> the, the things that need to exist. Right. I've released a third of the things that need to exist in order for us to truly step into the project. Right. Just start playing. Yeah, we haven't even put the pieces on the table yet, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> and so, no, if I, if I, it's so foreign to me, but if I were to just disappear on it or not deliver or just go, ah, sorry, it's art is art, baby. You bought it for the art. Um, it would just it would just grind it all to a halt. I mean, it needs. I, I need to deliver to do that. But at the same time, and see, this is you, your question about that. Yes, so yes, absolutely. I can't rug. Okay, because I thought you were asking, can somebody derail the project by playing it wrong? Okay, or can if the if the if my collectors misread it and collectively play wrong. Does that end the project? That's what oh, I no, no, no. That was not my question. No. But, but, since, the, but since I understood that, go I ahead. want to answer yeah. that. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. It, it, what it does is not that it ends the project. It would make it a lot harder for me. Okay. Because a, the reason that we're a third in and that we had the, the foundational era going into the franchise era and other eras to come, right? But the reason that we had to do that is because I had to build out all of these parts that made you guys capable of moving and understanding that A, I'm not just the baseball card guy, B, this is not just paintings of NFT artists, C, you know, and on and on and on. I had to, like, every single element that came out was another thing of saying, okay, what do we know yet? How do we get here? 
where are we going? Where do you think we're going? How would you like to walk through that? Let's see what are the tools we have to get us there as we build a very robust story that plays out and we live in and, and you know, becomes uh, our own reality here as we go, right? I, I, as we take our next steps, each time we do so once I have done my work to get you guys to that point. So if all of you immediately started heading for a cliff when I had built a road that was nowhere near the cliff, okay, it would add, I would have to build a, you know, net and, and uh, scaffolding system along said cliff to move you back onto. <laughs> it's, it's like in ways, it's like in ways when you, you miss the turn. Now it just adds time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's recalculating. <laughs> and maybe, maybe, and this is, this is, this, you know, and of course, uh, a lot of people listening are grotto people. So, but this is not a grotto conversation necessarily, right? Well, right. I can, I'll bring it, I'll bring it back around. But maybe when I get mad <laughs> at collectors, it's because I'm calculating all the fucking scaffolding I'm going to have to build if you don't pay attention to what we've got going on here. Now, in the broader world of NFT land and marketplace and uh, everything from art blocks to, to recent museum acquisitions uh, and the like, how many of those people have ever been in a position to even think about scaffolding? I don't think many. And so, I mean, look, I, I did not bring you on, just so we're clear. <laughs> I didn't bring you on as some weird... Um, testimonial Tony Robbins thing at the end where you're like, yeah, my entire life is so much better because of threesomes. I couldn't, I couldn't have done it without threes. Thank you very much. Right? No. Uh, um, I know that you've mainly moved away from other projects and your focus in the NFT world is this. Now you do still dabble from time to time in buying things to sell. You speculate some. A little bit, honestly, not that much these days. Really, just not. It's it's not terribly appealing to me. I don't see a lot of upside. I know other people are having success with it. I just having spent you know a year, eighteen months, whatever. Well, I said that's down daily. It's just it's it's exhausting, and I don't care to do it at this point. That's what I was getting at, and 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 I. I'm honored. I mean, honestly, I, I've got, I hold you in great esteem. You know that, but um, I'm honored that you've, you've found a, a home in my project and you, and you put the effort in the, the effort is a small word for what you do. Um, not only to collect me, but to, to better the overall experience for, for everybody, right? All the collectors. And you, you believe in, in me and, and, and this whole thing, this whole project in a way that, that few do. So I, I really am proud that you've chosen this. But the reason that I bring all of that up is, do you feel that there will be other projects out there, not for Crouton, but for other versions of Crouton that may find their way into them? I mean, do you, do you imagine other artists in the near future doing what I do. I can't see it. And I just, I have a deep appreciation and gosh, I don't want to say a full understanding because I don't think that's possible. Probably Dino is the only one who has a full understanding of what goes into being threesomes and creating the narrative and advancing it and the daily performances and 
everything that goes into it. So I can't say that I fully understand it, but I have a tremendous appreciation for how difficult it is, for how much time you spend on it, how much foresight, planning it takes to do something like that. I don't see anyone else even attempting to, because frankly, why? Why would you? Oh, in no, this that's, space, right? That's, a, that's actually the question I'm just going to ask. And why, not, why not would you like... even bother? It's so much easier to just drop a manifold OE and tell them you'll burn them down a bit and trade three for one or then trade two of those for one of something else. And we're just playing three card Monty, essentially. Um, I, don't, I don't see why. I don't see anyone capable of doing it. And frankly, if you're only motivated by money, what's the point? Yeah. Um, so no, I, I don't see that I happening see that. anytime I soon. Hope, I would hope. I'm not, I would hope that honestly, I would hope that I would inspire others to do it. I would. I would genuinely hope that other artists could. Maybe I just need a little more recognition, and that they could at least aspire to that recognition. Because I think it's too. I think they want the money. The money is so vast that everybody wants that, and I and and I think most of them are younger, you know, and I think even even the older ones are coming in from places where they're like, I'll take some of that money they're giving out over there. I heard that money's good. Yeah, and you know, certainly, even if they if they haven't had a tremendous amount of success with their art over the past several decades of being a working artist, I can't necessarily blame them for. Yeah, this is the time to get paid, right? So yeah. I, well, so I mean, is, does that mean that we're, you know, Wombat and I talk about this. Um, we, we, she believes she's convinced me that there is a longevity to this, and that that there's, you know, she she believes wholeheartedly, her day will come. I believe that too. I absolutely and, believe that for her. And and I do too. Um, it's hard for me to to say my day will come. I've had some great days, right? I've had a really nice run. Okay, I'm I'm very happy with 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 all of this. Um, but you know, and and those in the grotto do know, if they're paying attention, that, that this really is just like we're just getting started. I mean, there's a lot to go, and there's a lot that I would like to achieve, um, and and a lot to play out, and a lot to to expose you guys to, and and bring you through, and build something bigger than all of us, right? I'm not talking about markets or, or, or anything like that. I'm talking about the project. Right? I'm talking about that water park that you and I <laughs> a couple episodes ago, right? You can't tell me that you don't want to go sliding down the the, the like Shana Falls or whatever. You know? I, yeah, I want to. I want to go on a Chuck Hinton ride. <laughs> He'd be a great character. <laughs> um, I mean, look, we. In, internally, some of the little, you know, um, franchise owners and people, you know, do do understand that we there are things that make sense for us to do, um, because it does make sense to do them. I mean, there there's this is the the franchise era, which is when I talk about other eras to come. Yes, there's certainly other eras. Franchise era is going to take a long time to build out all the way, right? It's a long, it's a long chapter. <laughs> but if we're likening this to a, a major professional sports league uh, on a global scale, and all that really means, okay, even if it's conceptual, okay, it, there's a lot 
that we have ahead of us that we will get into. And, and, and as we do, things will, you know, there'll be moments where the conversation about the water park is true and, and is in step with other things where like, well, are we really going to look at water park this year when perhaps, you know, our commercial shipping lines uh, that <laughs> the, the Cardinale have set up may be taking off at that point. Do we want to put all of our focuses <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. But but here's the thing. I mean, this is this is the fun of all of this. And I didn't expect I did not expect you to say no. I don't think anybody no. else can do this. No, I thought well, you were gonna say, I hope that they do, and I could see well, I, I certainly do. I certainly do hope that they will. You asked if I see it happening in the in the near term. I don't personally see anyone that's attempting to so i can't answer that in a way that isn't honest i don't i don't personally see it happening today i don't see it happening next week now do i think it will happen eventually absolutely i think that the framework that you're building here provides a template and a blueprint for someone to create a world and a narrative of their own and advance it in similar techniques and fashions i absolutely believe that but i do think that in a lot of respects they need to see a little bit more of the blueprint. I don't think that they have the ability to, to conceive of it first and foremost, and then make it work from an economic perspective and the economy that you've built here on a number of levels. So no, I'm certainly optimistic and hopeful it will happen. And I do believe it will. And I do believe that eventually we'll point to the grotto and threesomes as, well, this is, this is how you build something like that. So I'd like to clarify my answer on that. I don't see it happening in present time. I think that with the benefit of a little bit more of this movie having played out for people, some will come to the space, some will be inspired or think, you know, this, this crazy idea I've had in my head, not different than yours as a, as a kid, say this would be the perfect way to manifest it or effectuate it in ways that I really never considered before and didn't know was possible. So I, is that, is that more of, yeah, that, I didn't understand the question for That's, that's a, that's a good one. I appreciate that. I, I, I liked it a little bit when you said there's no way anybody else could do this. That was kind of cool too, but <laughs> uh, no, that, I'm glad. I, Don't cut I, that I, then kids. I, I agree that I think, I think that's, that's my approach too, that there is, there's some hope. Off of that, and because I want to pivot off of me real quick, and I just want to, we, we'll close it out here. We got a few more minutes, but um, do you, I, I feel that we don't have, <clears throat> we had this little sliver, a little window of time where some people came in speculatively. Um, I think we got such a small amount of people that came in, okay? And unfortunately, we got some highs and lows that were highly publicized, both top to bottom, you know, people to apes to SBF, right? You got that sort of arc right there um, that sort of spun us in a negative light in a broad stroke, right? I do think there are people that could still come in and they could could do a good thing. I think there's, there is some turn to the fine art side. Unfortunately, it's a bunch of fine artists just being told to make NFTs, have no regard for the medium or understanding of it or appreciation for it. And they're simply just trying to grab no different than these kids cash grabbing with their other stuff, right? 
but I do think that 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 the, the fine arts side might have um, some upside more quickly than than everybody else figuring out to stop taking cash grabs, okay, uh, out of the other NFT side, right? So I, I have some hope there. But do you do you have any? This is I think this is a long-winded way of saying. Do you know people from your traditional? And I feel I just feel like I have to say it, and we can bleep this out if you don't want me to say it. But I'm sitting here looking at you, and you have six gigantic Leroy Neiman's uh, on your walls behind you, including a Howard Cosell, which is I think you told me once one of your favorite paintings by Leroy. My Neiman. my absolute very favorite, yes. <laughs> but do you, do you do you have people from from that life? That have still yet to come in uh, to this side. That that you feel would you feel confident bringing them in right now to any other to, to NFTs or to the grotto? No NFTs. No, not the grotto. We don't want anybody in the grotto. <laughs> to NFTs. I think to your point, there have been a lot of highs and lows, and a lot more lows maybe than highs. And I'd say that if you haven't come in. Yet you've got a pretty firm, can yeah, pretty firmly held conviction on what NFTs are, and what crypto is maybe, and it's painting with a broad brush, like all things in life, you know. Yes, but right, you know. Absolutely, I think that people will come to the space. I think if you haven't come to it in the past year or so, that's been a conscious decision for you on some level which looks to have been the right decision for now for now right, mm -hmm. right. and yeah I, I think but absolutely i no, i i wholeheartedly believe that an avalanche of people will come and will discover this and not fall into open edition pitfalls and nifty gateway 2.0 and whatever it is that we'd like to call this movie where we sell tons of open editions and then they go to zero that's I think eventually, yes, real art collectors will come. Is it is it a matter of just the next bull being the attraction? Do we need that? That's a good question. I, I mean, on a lot of levels, I don't know how 2022 could have been much worse from a crypto or NFT perspective. And to me, genuinely, I take a lot of, I feel good about the fact that if last year didn't kill it, that it's not going to be killed. I do believe that. I really do. I don't know how last year could have gone a lot worse for most people, whether that's we're talking about just the price of crypto falling off a cliff and then, you know, mix in with that the absolute collapse of most NFT projects and then a whole healthy dose of fraud and, you know, incestuous behavior from all of the exchanges. And I don't know how it could have been a lot worse. And the fact that we are where we are is actually wholly encouraging to me. I don't know how you feel about that. No, I, I think I, I there were some times late last year, basically post November one or whatever, November two, whatever the SBF day was, right, where I started to think that one more domino falls and it's all over. I thought we were that close to it just being obliterated. And I, I do feel that we sort of, I don't know that people realize how close we were. I, I kind of, I, I feel that the, it wasn't actually put out there how close we may have been it, it was pretty terrifying yeah pretty bad right it was terrifying. Um, i mean every day you'd wonder if oh you know ftx is going down oh 
is Gemini going to go down? Is Coinbase going to go down? Like you yeah. don't know the the inner dealings and how they were connected and the spider webs that exactly. branched out in ways that you didn't. I certainly didn't, and I'm sure more intelligent people maybe had a better handle on it. But to me, it just felt like you know you'd wake up and then there'd be another horrible Twitter thread about you know so and so having you know this much of you know this other thing that's gone down. You know it. It was very terrifying. Um, no, it, it really was. And I think, I think to your point, I think it's hard to have been that bad. All of the factors, all of the factors, right? From, from war to, to inflation to, to criminal activity and crypto to the whole bit. All of it just bunched up. Um, and the Cardinale won the championship in, in the grotto. That Not, almost toppled the whole thing. That's the one that I think set it all in motion but <laughs> the timing does make sense on that you know, now that you're saying it there's a lot we're gonna leave that's gonna be a 30 for 30 down the road. <laughs> <laughs> there were some wallets that we never were really sure i wonder if sbf was involved in cutting off i'm just saying it wouldn't i don't know didn't it make I've sense seen, it, I, make it sense does make now? sense and you know i will tell you i have seen uh tez domain that uh that carries that name and they have, they have some cardinal in there. Maybe I don't know. I'm gonna have to go check this after we after we record. I'm gonna have to go do a bit of a wallet investigation. Um, okay, we're gonna wrap, and I just want to hit you with like some. And I have not. I don't have these ready. This I'm not um, James Lipton or Pete Holmes. Okay, I'm somewhere in the middle. I hope. God, that's wow. I didn't even think what I was gonna say until I said that. Um, quick hitters here. What's your favorite NFT that isn't a threesome or one of my other projects? Oh, gosh. That you own still. You know, I really have, I'd say, tuned out of the vast majority of that stuff. One of the things that I still do hold is uh, a couple proof passes. So I'm going to go with that because they rain free internet monies on me from time to time. And then I turn that into more threesomes. So I don't know if that's a really... I don't know that I really answered the question there because I kind of just told you about a thing that distributes internet money to me and then I buy more here with it. So I don't know that I get a full point for that one. You don't, but that's okay. So I'm, I'm just taking that as there, you, there is no NFT in your collection that's even worth talking about. They don't mean so a whole lot to me. Certainly from an artistic standpoint, right? No, they really... Okay, well, no. I, I still have Hortensia chair, which... Um, which uh, it's in town. Yeah. Did, you, did I tell you about this? No. It's, it, it's they opened in Manhattan on 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 Friday. Pablo Frail uh, is has got his exhibition going, um, and so he has the the NFT and the original uh, physical. Well, I, I, you know what? I thought I about it. I thought about an answer. I don't actually don't own this, but I will. Um, one piece that I know you and I have talked about that I really do want is uh, a fungible yeah. pack cube. Because to me, that will always represent uh, a time that was really exciting to me personally and opened my eyes to digital art and cryptocurrency in a way that maybe I hadn't conceived before. So I actually don't own that one, but it's one that one day I will I will buy one, um, not in any hurry because they just keep getting cheaper. But yeah, and it won't be a, a, 
a financial play at all. It will just be because of what it represents to me and a time in my life that was really fun and exciting and captures the zeitgeist of the era to me of early NFT art I, and crypto. 100. Hey, I'm not going to lie. You know, I, I bought Hortensia chair. Um, uh, actually, I got a hell of a deal on it, but I got it during the, the first bit of the crash, like in early June. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then a couple of weeks ago, I, I bought another, I bought a fungible, I bought a cube. Um, yeah. That's exactly reasons, right? I think, I mean, and to be even, I, I don't need a five cube or a 10 cube, a singular cube for me. That's me all too. I need. I just, it, what it represents, what it conveys, what it, what it means to me is a feeling that, I mean, it makes you emote, right? It takes you back to a, a feeling and a time that you had that is fun to relive, at least for me. Um, yeah. Really. So, I mean, like, yeah. to answer your question, I don't even own that piece, but that's one that I would like to own. Uh, and I will. I will. I will go get one at some point. But that that one to me is is actually pretty special. It tells a narrative and a story that is one that puts a smile on my face. Yeah, I'm with you, and that's I, I feel the same way. That that and those are the two pieces that I have. I I do still like my my stuff from from the U collection by Racinger and and Rack. It's a whole other thing, but but those those two pieces, Hortensia and and uh, and a single cube. That that's that's a good answer. I like that. Um, okay, and then um, just a little bonus content for the grotto that's hung around. What's your favorite uh, threesomes piece? That you don't own oh goodness that i don't own all right well it's got to be a, a dp001 right I oh mean, really look at you okay well, it's got to be i mean that one that one have some regrets there you know it's tough i was having this conversation with jolby just the other day actually i'm not sure that that one's ever going to kind of eventually make its way to my collection it's those are very hard to come by these days and every time i was presented with the option to get one it was that or a mountain of other things. And by other things, I mean, you know, uh, could be a, a full monster set and a subset. And I don't think there's a wrong answer there one way or the other, personally. But it was always, when, when the opportunity presented itself, it, it just never really, never really uh, lined up just right. There was always something else I had in the works and then, then Steve would just keep buying them or, or Luch. So. Yeah, every time that you were like in that mode, I got the feeling all of a sudden there was sort of a frenzy of buying from somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> and, that, and it like yeah, puts you in the position that you're like, well, I can't, I certainly can't let him get this other thing then. And right. then we get both. Yeah. yeah, I feel you. Yeah, so it's tough. I, I if favorite favorite piece that I that I don't own that boy, I'd like to. It's gotta be gotta be a dot pigeon. Iconic. I, I hey, I'm glad I bought one. You know, I well, cool. One. That was cool, Matt. That was yeah. that one I was looking very hard at. That one I had my finger on the buy button quite a few times. Uh, I remember you put the warning out. You said, "If you guys don't buy it, you know, this is around Christmas 2021." You said, "If you don't buy it by uh, you know a certain date, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go lift it." And the amount of anxiety and uh, <laughs> time I spent on that page, then like, well, you know, should I do it? Should I not do it? But that's another good example. When I when I chose to not buy that, I got his entire threesmas set and a bunch of coders from him and some Cardinale. So it wasn't that I didn't, it was always kind of a, you, know, you got this in one hand and 
that pigeon and another. And it's always, it was, I felt like I was building my collection. It was very hard for me to turn down the opportunity to add an entire set or dozens of base cards at the expense of one grail. And I, I, I get it. And I, it's, you know, I talked to you through it that you might be, you're going to miss out one of these days and you're never no going to get into it. But yeah. Okay. I've got two last questions for you. Um, but first, I'd like to, to mention that uh, you can get Crouton's hot tips on collecting for threesomes for three easy payments of $39.99. Right. Uh, 33 $33. <laughs> $33.33. There we go. Um, I want you to give me, and, and, and this is not apologies, because look, first of all, I didn't, I brought you, and we had a good conversation um, about the things I want to talk about. And yeah, you sort of skewed towards my project at the end, and so be it. So and be it. I've put the work in to, to deserve to talk about my project, I guess. But um, I want you to you take a minute on each, 40 seconds, 30 seconds, whatever, to tell me one thing that you wish that all existing Grotto members were better at doing as far as the overall project. And then I want you to give me your take on what somebody who's not in the Grotto and is like, this seems, seems scary or complex how do I do this? So I want you to give me advice for the people that are in it. What are they doing wrong that they should immediately start doing better? And then tell me what the newcomer should do. Sure. And I actually feel like I can answer that one pretty, pretty easily. My advice to the grotto, existing grotto, things that I don't see happening that I think probably you should be doing more of is taking, taking a look at your collection and taking stock of what you have, what you don't have, and being more proactive about getting things that you don't have that you know you're going to need before it's called in. You know, look at the Flames of the Maccabees event. I'd say a, a really big lesson there was as soon as something's called in, if you don't have it, it might be too late. Because at that point, those who do have it need it and want to use it. And then the other 90% of the grotto is chasing a handful of disengaged people who have the said, you know, said piece. And at that point, you're going to pay through the nose for it or not get it uh, if they just don't check their DMs that day. So really being more proactive and trying to strengthen your wallet and, and think ahead before something's called in, adding to your collection that, on a more consistent basis would be my very best advice to existing grotto. And it's advice that I try, I try to eat my own cooking and I'm always looking to add stuff. You know that. Absolutely. I, I think I, I, that you can't go wrong with that advice. And I think it's something that the grotto as a whole sort of doesn't do. They love putting themselves in the position that they could have bought those things for pennies on the dollar weeks or months before. And then they're, they don't do it and then they go out and have when they get called in they have to spend and spend and spend right yeah so so then the second part of that somebody brand new who's like this is all seems just way too much for me i, I would encourage them to come into the grotto you know there are so many people and resources available there that would be more than excited to talk you through what it is that we have going on here whether that's me or many others we have Tons of people who are super knowledgeable that really love it, want to help you enjoy it, want to help you learn about it and have fun with it. And I would just say, come on in and 
make yourself make yourself uh, a fixture in in the bleachers and hang out. Here, here's the thing. This is the one thing that I would add to this, and something that that maybe I need to say publicly a little more. Right? We we want you to come in, and if you want to, I don't want you to come in if you don't want to. But if you have genuine, if you're the person who's like that, seems great, but it seems complicated. Focus on the great part and come in Absolutely. and hang out and ask questions and get responses and have people. This is, I think you probably have some sort of mindset that it's a very close club and, and very serious and you don't get the inside jokes and you don't get the, the secret handshake. And there is that, but we, that's for us. That's like, you get to earn that. But in the meantime, the real experience of an outsider is coming in and having all of your questions answered and having people go out of their way to spend a lot of time with you to walk you through it, to give you the, the, the bullet points to prep you for your own research, as well as walking you through step-by-step -step sort of your best approach uh, to become a top collector in ways that I happen to know does not happen in any other community. Um, at no point will you come into the grotto and have people trying to sell you bags and trying to no. hype and hype. No, and I mean, like, when I, I agree with you completely, and when I think about it, you know, like, we have so many people who so deeply enjoy everything that we have going on here that when someone comes in, we're excited to share it with you. There, I know you and I have talked about this where people understand that it's a game. I think that there's a misconception that it's a zero-sum game. I don't view it that way. I know you don't either. Where if you come in and express an interest in the project or what we have going on here, I am happy, and so many others are too. It's not just me. We have so many amazing people who go well out of their way to either give you things from their wallet for free or take as much time as you want answering questions and educating you, teaching you, coaching you. That's there's nothing no, no one's going to mislead you here <laughs> at all no we want you to have fun with it the same way we do. nothing that i love more and certainly in turn that the grotto loves more than somebody externally coming in and showing interest in it yeah. I, i'm i'm very flattered by that and i'm very honored that somebody wants to to know more about it and the grotto gets off on the fact that we have more friends now and more fun right. to have well we're excited to share it with them too you know it, it's certainly not uh, something that we created, but we're part of it. And it's fun for us when new people want to come into the sandbox and play because it really only makes it better. And yeah, I, I'd also say that, you know, I, I think a common thing that I hear when new people come in is they say, you know, oh my gosh, I see all these you know cards that have been released and I have none of them. Is it too late? And unequivocally, the answer is absolutely not. You know, I know we've addressed this earlier on this pod, but I mean, we've only introduced eight of the teams, eight of them. We've only introduced them again. So, yeah, we haven't even begun putting all of the pieces onto the board. And I'm excited and I know the Grotto is. And anyone who comes in, it's designed such that you can come in, get your feet wet, learn along the way, backfill your collection as you see fit and as you're able to over time. But come in and be a great you know, member of this community from today going forward. And 
we are only scratching the surface. So we haven't, you're not, not even close to being too late. It's impossible. It is impossible for anyone to be too late, but you most definitely are not too late today. To that point, to that point I've, I've genuinely structured and built the whole project around that idea that you don't have to be here from day one and you, you are not at a disadvantage from today moving forward as long as you're here today. Right. And remain in good standing and really dive in and engage. And you're going to be very well taken care of. And we have tons of examples all along the way. I mean, it's worth mentioning. I joined in series seven. I, yeah. I was not, I did not, I yeah. came to we're, this. We're moving into series 10 and he, you are arguably the top collector. I mean, they're, they're, you're, you're in the mix of the top three collectors. There's no question. So, you, I mean, and not saying anyone has to come in and, and do that to have success and have fun here. What I'm trying to say, though, is that it's not just everyone who joined, you know, everyone bought the first drop and that's it and you'll never catch up. It's not that at all. And we have, look at Steve. I could give a hundred examples of people who have come in after me, you know, and made a huge impact, you know. Yeah. No, and it's, it's built I, I can't even I can't even list them all. It, so it, really, be, it really, it really, it, it does just come into to this being a recruiting uh, podcast at the end of the day. But thank you for doing <laughs> it. You're the best at it. Um, you have any questions for me? No, no. But I, uh, yeah, I know you ladies' toes would want me to ask you if you have any more questions for me. <laughs> Loves that. So, <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, yo ladies' toes. Um, you're not going to listen to this anyway. <laughs> uh, that's just the one thing is that I have a genuine relationship in some form with every one of my collectors. For better or for worse. <laughs> for better or for worse. But no, in all seriousness. And I, God, I, I say this sometimes, especially if I'm, if I feel slighted by one of my collectors. But I say, why don't you go ahead and send a DM to Fuckrender or whoever, to anybody, any, doesn't matter. Send a DM and see how that goes for you. Wouldn't hold your breath. Um, meanwhile, of course, I really came into the space by sending a DM to Fuckrender. <laughs> so maybe it does work for you. <laughs> simpler, simpler times, that's for sure. <laughs> um, thank you for doing this. I appreciate you, my friend. And, uh, Always. I hope everybody. I hope everybody enjoyed it. I hope everybody stuck around um, to the end because there's a promo code for Crouton's picks. That's right. Crouton, uh, C R O U T O N. Uh, okay. Thank you very much. I'll see you. Uh, next week. Um, I'll I'll let you know who our guest host is going to be, but it won't be Die with the Most Likes. I don't know if that guy's ever coming back. Sipping my ties on the Alabama border. I don't even know what that means. All right. Thank you, Crouton. Thank you, Kitch. Best in the business. And I will see you guys.